0: Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to episode eight of the Badly Branted podcast. I'm your host, Biela Marie. Um, Yeah, this week has felt pretty heavy and pretty dark. Life has been a lot lately. My personal life has been stressful with family stuff, health stuff, work stuff, all of that. Then, of course, the events of the world and the current news out of Ukraine and all of that. It's just it's so much, but I am here to help lighten the load a little and give you a temporary momentary escape um, and distraction, though, like I said last time, I do note that it is a privilege to even be able to escape at all. Um, so prayers and good vibes still going out to everyone affected by the Ukraine-Russia war And really just going out to anyone impacted by any of the craziness in the world today. Um, At any rate, a quick fish update. (laughs) Since I shared that whole saga in the first couple of episodes of Badly Branded, I think I shared that the Joe Bros and MJ are no more. So I have no more catfish at all. Um, It's just Freddie Mercury, again, my beta fish, which I'm okay with as long as he survives because I am obsessed with him. Um... One thing that's a stressor this week with my fish tank is these stupid little pest snails that hitched a ride with some aquarium plants. And so now I have an infestation of these little dumb snail visitors who neither I nor Freddie were too pleased about having. Um, I think I got it under control, but oh my gosh, as I said, having pet fish is not easy and not relaxing, (laughs) but he seems good, thankfully, Um, my parrot. Pancake is good. My dogs, all of Pip and Brutus are good. So that's all a plus at least. Um, Side note, someone at work has a hairless guinea pig that she shared with us recently. And I, oh my gosh, I love it. I'm obsessed with hairless cats, you know, like the Sphinx cats. Um, So discovering hairless guinea pigs, which by the way, are also called skinny piggies, skinny pigs, naked guinea pigs. Um, Velvet guinea pigs. Um, Discovering them has been magical. They're like my new obsession. I Google them all the time and look them up on social media. Um, They honestly, I'm obsessed. They look like tiny little hippos, like hippopotamus. Um, So they're like little baby house hippos. Like I cannot, Um, I love them. So I cannot handle another pet right now. And that also would probably be grounds for divorce. Um, But there are some random pets and breeds and animals that are not pets (laughs) that I obsess over. So just for fun and posterity's sake, um, I'll share those. Hairless cats, hairless guinea pigs, um, mini horses, like those little Shetland ponies or whatever, um, lovebirds, baby goats, obviously, because who does not love baby baby goats, Um, sea turtles, elephants, otters, doodles, really any any doodle, any poodle mix. And I love toy poodles as well. Um, I mean, I'm also always going to be partial to pugs and chihuahuas or like tiny little dogs like that um, and pugs. Uh, but I've been realizing lately that I like golden retrievers too, um, which I never really realized until I began watching a bunch of golden videos on Instagram. And they're just so smart and beautiful. Um, my in-laws used to have one and she was great. Um, my cousin just got an, uh, English cream golden retriever puppy that I can't wait to meet. Um, so they're pretty cool too. And I love Airedale Terriers, um, but I'm probably a pug person for life. So (laughs) who knows how many of these other dog breeds I'll ever get to experience in my lifetime. We'll see. Um, anyway, let's talk TV and then dive into some celebrity sleaze and just some thoughts about life um we've been watching abbott elementary which is a cute sitcom um it's really it's it's cute it's just like a a network sitcom i think on abc pretty funny it's like the school version of the office in some ways but really cute abbott elementary i recommend that um i've been mainly focused on the kanye documentary genius on netflix and then the pam and tommy Series on I think Hulu. My husband's watching Reacher. I couldn't really get into it, and then I gave up on the Gilded Age myself. So by myself, I've I've been watching Gossip Girl, the Gossip Girl reboot. Um, I don't know if it's just called Gossip Girl or it's Gossip Girl XOXO, but it's on HBO Max. I was a big fan of the original. Uh, this one's ridiculous. I'm like hate watching it. Um, Some observations though, Audrey looks like a blonde Leighton Meester, AKA Blair Waldorf from the original. And the main teacher, the blonde, I can't think of her name at the moment. She looks like a cross between Ashley Benson and Scarlett Johansson. And she's a little guilty of overacting, but that's neither here nor there. The whole show is terrible. Um, all the people are very pretty, <laughs> um, you know very aesthetically pleasing, great wardrobe. it's set in New York City, which I love. everyone's very attractive. Um, and it I guess is like, I don't know, it's just very predictable., um, it's pretty terrible. Uh, and it's nowhere near as good as the original yet. I keep watching it for some reason. And it was the same thing with the sex in the city spinoff and just like that, which was also on HBO max. It was so good, but I still watched because I love sex in the city. Um, side note, the episode with the mystery beeping in Carrie's apartment. So relatable. Um, I've lived in this house for three or four years now, I think, um, give or take maybe more than that. and I. I haven't figured out a mystery beep that happens twice a day. It freaks my dogs out every time. It's so annoying. I have no idea what it is or where it comes from. It's wild. Um anyway, uh let's talk a little more about Kanye since he's been the topic of many of my episodes. Um I'm loving the documentary, but let's take that out of it. The situation with him, the divorce, Kim, Pete, all of that. It's sad. Um, as you know, I used to somewhat defend his actions a while ago, or at least, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt because of his mental illness, but it's sad. It's not cute. It's not okay. Um, I don't care if you like Kim and Pete or if you like Kanye's music, but his behavior at this point is pretty much stalkerish. I think it's dangerous. I think it's ridiculous. Um, the music video he released recently of, I think the song's called Easy and he's Burying Pete Davidson alive. That's just creepy. It's wild. It's it's creepy. It's inappropriate. Not good vibes there. Um, I mean, obviously, okay, if there wasn't a real situation going on and real lives in danger, I would say, like, obviously, it's clever. The video is clever with the roses and the roses he delivered her in real life and all of that. And then the angle with the claymation and MTV celebrity deathmatch. I get it. You know, obviously I get it. Um, I'm a creative type. I understand as an artist where he was coming from. I'm sure the celebrity death match angle is a commentary on the media pitting everyone against each other and all of that. But he is doing all of this to himself. It's not cute. It's not funny. It's obsessive. Um, It's creepy. It's potentially dangerous. You can acknowledge his musical genius and his talent and his artistic vision and whatever, um, and you can also acknowledge and talk about his mental health, mental illness, and be concerned for him, and concerned for that angle. But you know, that doesn't mean he gets to do whatever he wants and get away with it. It doesn't excuse any of this. I am um, more concerned about Pete and Kim's safety. Um, Is still concerned about Kanye's own safety as well. Um, but all of those concerns grow more every day. Um, I want to talk about Britney too. She's a topic on this podcast a lot. Um, One thing I want to say about her is with Britney Spears, for the people who are shocked or like appalled that she poses nude on Instagram, why are you surprised? Like, have you never seen her before? I mean, she has posed nude and topless and things like that at least a dozen times, if not more. Um you know, both on her social media, but also like in magazine spreads and photo shoots and all of that. And she's done this since like age 17 or 18, which of course, being that young and doing it is disturbing and not okay. And it says a lot about our culture when she first came on the scene. But the point is she's never shied away from showing her body. Um, I think that, yeah, obviously she was sexualized too young and like, who knows what she was coerced into. But as an adult, she seems very, like, secure with her body and okay with showing it. And she's never shied away from it. So, like, why is it a shock? And why, when she does it, is it concerning? But Miley and Kim and so many others can show their bodies and it's fine. You know, that doesn't seem fair. Um, different side note on Brittany. Uh, she has been referring to Sam Asgari as husband. You know, alternating the word husband and fiance. Um, so recently she said husband a couple of times. He always refers to her as wife or wifey and has for a while. So I'm wondering if they secretly got married. Um, I mean, I don't know. I heard Donatella Versace was making a dress for Brittany. Um, I actually learned that it's Versace, but I still have a hard time making that switch in my brain um so i'm still gonna say versace the same way i say beta fish when i'm talking about freddie and i think it's betta fish um at any rate i thought donatella was making a wedding dress for britney but that might have been a rumor uh she and sam britney and sam are in french polynesia right now or they were recently so i don't know did they elope and get married i'm not sure Um, Another thing about Britney that keeps coming to the forefront of my mind that I've been wanting to mention, especially because I have talked about Michael Jackson in the past, um, I've been meaning to point out that some of the people involved with Britney's conservatorship and her being locked up and allegedly borderline abused, well, they were also key players in Michael Jackson's later years in MJ's career and maybe even his death. And he called Brittany shortly before his death to, like, warn her about the industry and some of the people in it. And, like, basically alluded to the fact, I think, and I heard, like, he alluded to the fact that people were trying to, like, kill him and, like, all this kind of stuff. Um, but there allegedly was a phone call that took place where he warned Brittany about the dangers of the industry. So I don't know take that for what it's worth but to me it says a lot um what else so oh back to tv um because i forgot about this uh we recently finished watching inventing anna on netflix about anna delvey um aka anna sorkin and i watched the tinder swindler documentary too these scammers like amaze me and not in a good way but wow um It's pretty wild. Uh, And it's also like, I don't know if you're that dedicated and committed to your hustle and you're that smart, why not do something with integrity and something legit that's on the up and up? I don't know. That's weird to me. But um, with inventing Anna, I liked it. But one thing I didn't get was how the point of view seemed to almost be rooting for her or presenting her as some type of like hero or feminist icon, which no, 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 no. I don't care if she was a woman or not. I don't care if she was a young female or not. She was a crook. She was a thief. She was a liar. She pretty much seems like a sociopath and not a good person, not a nice person. She was a con artist. She was very cold, calculating, unfeeling. I mean, cool if you want to have empathy for her, but I don't know why anyone was supposed to root for her or why they made that particular artistic choice. Um, Maybe that wasn't their intention, but that's how it came across for me and for a lot of people. Um so yeah, I mean I was fascinated by the story um which is weird because none of the characters, barely any of the characters in the TV series were at all likable, but it was still pretty good. Um and the actress um you know, uh Julia Garner who uh Julia Garner who played Anna, she was amazing. Um so I hope she gets recognized for that. Um, tinder swindler i was repulsed by that guy shocked that he isn't in prison and instead got a hollywood agent and anna's getting more fame out of this too and also paid handsomely by netflix so i don't know it's like almost rewarding bad behavior um fame is exactly what she wanted and probably what the tinder swindler guy wanted too which is kind of gross um Yet, I watched both of them, so I acknowledge that I'm part of the problem. Um, With Anna, I do know that while she got a big paycheck from Netflix, a lot of that had to go to repaying her victims and repaying banks and creditors and lawyers and all of that. So, you know, you could look at it like it was a good thing that she got paid because it, you know, did some level of justice for her victims. I don't know. Um, Also, I saw Hamilton. I saw the musical Hamilton um, for the first time. And let me say it's one of the few things in life that has been worth the hype. Highly recommend. It was so, so good. Um, I'm grateful that I got to see it. So I saw that. We got tickets to Metallica with Greta Van Fleet. Um, which is funny because before I knew they were touring together, that was one of my halftime show suggestions in a previous episode. But yeah, we're going to see Metallica this summer. So all of that's fun. I might get tickets to see Bush this summer in North Dakota. Um, Speaking of them, my new podcast, um, Deconstructing Bush, is out. It's a sister podcast to Badly Branded. So it's up now. Um, Two episodes are live Uh, currently. um, Again, it's out now. It's called Deconstructing Bush. Um, As of right now, it's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. Um, It will be coming soon to Stitcher and Google Podcasts and maybe eventually YouTube. I don't know. But it is like a literary, lyrical analysis of Bush songs where I'm just kind of dissecting the lyrics line by line and interpreting them um, from sort of that more literary point of view. So check out Deconstructing Bush. Um, what else do we want to talk about today? I mean, aside from all of that and being obsessed with Wordle and its math cousin game, Nerdle, um, I I like both of them, uh, mostly on my mind lately has naturally, of course, been Ukraine and the war, um, I'm afraid of what Putin could do if he feels like he has nothing left to lose. It's very, very scary. I keep seeing things online about nuclear war, nuclear holocaust, um, you know, um, nuclear winter, nuclear summer, an apocalypse, all of it. It's all freaking terrifying. And I can't let myself think about it too much. Again, I know that's a privilege to be able to put it out of sight, out of mind, but the news is just holy anxiety you know um my anxiety is not doing well with all of this you know um and it's it's so sad i'm an an empath you know um i know that sounds hokey and silly and woo woo but i am i'm an empath i am empathetic to a fault i absorb people's emotions i absorb energy around me um i take it all very much to heart and so Man, the the news and the images out of Ukraine, it's just, it's so sad, so heartbreaking. I truly don't know what to say about it. There's, there's nothing I can say that is the right thing, you know, and it's not about political correctness. It's just, there's nothing I can say or do, you know, um, there are no words to adequately express how upsetting and heartbreaking and sad and scary it is and unnecessary, you know, and I pray and hope for some type of resolution soon, a peaceful one. Um, but for now, I don't know what to do. I've donated to some causes that are helping the humanitarian strife that Ukrainians are facing right now. I encourage you to do the same. Um, you know, I was talking to a friend yesterday who who shared with me the idea that like we're just not built to be able to handle all the heaviness around us all the time. We're just not built to be able to have the compassion and the empathy for every situation and every person in the world all the time, you know, and with social media and the news and stuff, it's just, it's always coming at all of us from all sides all the time. We're just bombarded by it. And, you know, compassion fatigue is real. And um, you could be an empathetic person and still be burnt out by all of it. And it's hard. And the easy thing to do is to be like, that's too heavy. I'm going to let it go and just avoid it. And sometimes we have to do that for ourselves, um, to be able to function and to go on. It's like a defense mechanism, but you can't turn the other cheek and look the other way for too long. You know, ignorance isn't bliss, but you know, it's, what are we supposed to do? I don't know. There's, again, I don't know what the right thing is to say or do. There's like no answers right now for how I as an individual in America can, can help with this, you know, and I wish I could help. Um, So I just try to spread kindness and hope where I can, when I can um, to refill my cup so that I'm able to, to pour out that love and compassion and empathy for others to donate where I can, when I can, how I can um, to keep spreading awareness about things, but man, I don't know. I don't know what we're supposed to do. I have empathy and compassion for, for even the Russians who are innocent bystanders in all of this. Not all Russians are bad people. Most aren't, I'm sure. They shouldn't have to get lumped in with Putin, this evil dictator. Um, but we also need to keep in mind the other real victims here, um, which aren't them, aren't gas prices, you know, um, not us, but the innocent people of Ukraine, mothers, children, families, old folks, young folks, men, women, children, all people of all genders, you know, for them in Ukraine, they don't get a break. They don't get a, an escape. They don't get a, to just, um, they don't get to just ignore the news or to to think about, you know, Britney Spears for a little bit, and you know what musicals or concerts they're going to, because right now their life is moment to moment and day to day, and and it's it's intense. And for them, it's all encompassing. And so, I just want people to keep that perspective. We can still move on with our lives um, because we have to, you know, to survive. Um, we could still find moments of joy and gratitude where we can, um, and we should especially for the people that cannot. And that's just my my point of view. I think you can have empathy and perspective um, and gratitude and humility and all of that. Um, and also just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Um, because of anything, the situation in Ukraine should remind us that anything can change on a dime in a split second. You know, in one moment or one day, life as you know it could be, Completely different or over, you know. So do what you can do, where you're at with what you have. Enjoy what you can. Be grateful for what you can. Um, acknowledge the position that you're in. Um, take stock of, of your life and how you're living it, and just try to be present. Try to be present. Try to be present for yourself, present for others, um, and just keep sending those good vibes and prayers. And if you don't pray, then then do whatever. Send. Send good energy into the universe, you know. Um, baby steps, it starts at home. Be a good person, be kind. You know, um, it is just so sad and scary and senseless and heartbreaking. It's truly senseless. There's no other great word for it. I mean, war really is good for absolutely nothing. So on that note, I'll leave us with a poem again. Um, next time I want to talk about Naya Rivera, Scooter Braun, Dave Grohl. Um, maybe dive into some talk about my secret hobby of collecting limited edition Barbie dolls. I don't know. We'll see. Um, For now, here's your sign-off poem, and I thank you as always for tuning in. Have a good one. Flutter by butterfly and carry our hope on your wings. Emancipate our spirits beaten down but resurrected by your willingness to change. In your transformation lives a promise, evolved, opening windows to the mind, floating on the tender breeze of compassion, poised for metamorphosis, clinging to the wondrous anew. We'll see you next time.